Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to The Start. I'm Patrick. And I'm Nick. This episode we're with Jackie Balzer. Um, this is Jackie's first podcast interview ever. It was a blast to have her. She is currently a web developer at Behance here in New York, um, but it was actually a really, really, really long road trip to get there. And this episode is sponsored by Plasso. Plasso makes payments simple. If you're selling things, cigars, custom shirts, whatever, and want to get paid for them, Plasso is for you. Head to plasso.co, that's with a C-O, and uh, sign up for free to start making money. Plasso.co. Hey, Jackie. Uh, thanks for joining us on The Start. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, how's it going? Um, going great. How about you guys? Doing pretty good. Yeah. The heat's well. picking up. I had a, Actually, I had a really, really nice, like, fresh juice smoothie. <laughs> it wasn't a smoothie, but it was like the, you know, the the juicer juice. I don't know what the difference is between the two. All right, just fresh juice. <laughs> Delicious. The summer really helped out. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so you had mentioned to us before we started speaking that this is your first podcast. Yes. Ever. Yes, and we are honored. Yes, um, thanks for joining us. Very pumped. Um, thanks for having me. So why don't we just kick it off? Uh, we know your name is Jackie Balzer, um, but why don't you tell us a little bit more who you are, what you do, where you do that thing at, and I guess how you uh, how you got started. Sure. Uh, so you got my name right. I am the head of front end development at Behance right now, and I've been there for coming up on four years now. And what that means is, so I focus on SAS and CSS. Um, when I started, I was the only person there doing CSS. There were only four other developers. Um, and so it's kind of grown over the years. I started off doing a little bit of everything. Now, I've, like I said, I focus on that stuff. And um, I manage a team of two other CSS people and I build a lot of features, but I also find as time goes on, I spend <clears throat> a lot of time with the two people that I manage and sort of doing managerial stuff and higher level architecture things for our code that goes across applications and stuff like that. <clears throat> uh, so that's where I'm at today. Um, as for how I got started, fortunately for this podcast, it's a very long story. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. more details, the better. Great. Um, so it actually started when I was in third grade, which was a very, very long time ago. Um, my parents had this ancient Mac computer and my mom worked on it. And I was always, for some reason, just like so into this mysterious device. And at the time, my parents were like, don't stay inside and be on the computer. Go outside, go outside. And the more they made me go outside and not spend a ton of time on the computer, the more... I like wanted to know what this cool thing was. And um, one day my dad came home with this PC that he had salvaged from a house fire. And like the plastic case was melted and it smelled like burning electronics, but it worked. And he set it up in the garage and was like, all right, you can have this garbage computer. It works. Have fun. And um, nice. they set it up. They gave, we had an internet connection through like Earthlink or something. And I was just immediately hooked. They, what, uh, sorry to interrupt. What year was this? Or like, uh, I guess era, time span, whatever you want to call it. This was probably late 90s. So it was probably like between 1995 and 1997, something like that. Okay. You have, uh, you have cool parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they're cool. I'll give them that. Um, but so they set up this, you know, literally garbage computer in the garage. We didn't have like a desk space in the house that made sense for it. Um, I was an only child at the time too. So it really became sort of my best friend and my parents could never get me out of the garage. I wouldn't go outside and play anymore. I didn't want to go inside and hang out with my parents. Like all I wanted to do was explore the internet and 
like figure out this computer. And I was just so mesmerized by every application on the computer. Like I would open notepad and just see this blank white box and be like, this is so cool. And at the time I was also obsessed with the band Hanson. So that should give you a pretty good idea of like where we are in time. This was that like peak Hanson popularity. Yeah. I was a total yeah. Hanson fangirl, total teeny bopper. Yeah, Patrick was too. And so good <laughs> no, taste. No, I wasn't. <laughs> good taste. I, mean, I, uh, I don't blame you. Su- super, super random tangent, but I was talking with a buddy of mine about how it was a perception growing up when you were a kid, or at least in Kissimmee where I grew up. It was like if you were a boy at school, you were not allowed to like these things and you were only allowed to like those things. Um, and I think Hanson was like – I think there was a few kids, a few guys that I went to school with that like uh, manned up and were like, yeah, I like Hanson. Um, bop. Um, I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah, there was a few. I mean at this time in my life, I was in like fourth grade and I decided that I would only wear Hanson T-shirts – and literally my entire wardrobe became Hanson t-shirts. My mom could not get me to wear anything different. School picture day didn't matter. Just only wearing <laughs> Hanson t-shirts. I mean, my walls were plastered with their pictures. That's the level I was awesome. at. Um, so a lot of the time that I spent on this garbage computer in the garage was like I was discovering the internet and I was discovering all of these amazing Hanson websites. And this is during the time when like, web rings were a thing and it was just you could spend forever finding all of these websites and i mean i already had such an interest in figuring out this crazy computer thing and seeing all these handsome websites was just like i want to do that so the day that i discovered view source on a website changed like everything about my life i Saw the source of a Hanson website, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a hacker now. Now this is my Hanson website. I'm going to start changing all of this code. Obviously, that's, like, not how it works. But I was so <laughs> pumped about it. I, like, ran and yeah. told my parents, and my mom was like, oh, my God, we have to take the computer away from her. She's going to get arrested. This is horrible. There was just, like, a lot of not understanding. But also at this time, I had, like, finally convinced my parents to get me an AOL account because that was the cool thing to oh, have yeah. back then. And Wait, you had your own AOL, like adult version, not the kids version? Uh, well, I have sort of a tumultuous history with AOL. My aunt gave me a screen name on her account, but I like immediately got banned because I went into a Nickelodeon chat mm-hmm. room and told someone how old I was, which turns out you're not allowed to do, <laughs> which is fair. Um, and then I started trying to get my friends who all had, their families had AOL accounts. I kept trying to get them to make me screen names. But then my parents would see that I was on AOL, which didn't make sense because they knew that we didn't have an AOL account. But they knew that they, like, there was no getting around it. I was going to be on AOL. And at the time, my parents were very much like, the internet is a bad place. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Everyone out there is trying to, like, find you and murder you which is why they like didn't want me to have an AOL account. But finally, like eventually they did break down and we got like a family AOL account and I just was using it. I was making like as many screen names as I could so that I could get those two megabytes of like personal homepage space (laughs) so that I could build as many Hanson websites as I could. And I seriously was doing everything. I had one for every member of the band for every combination of multiple members of the band. It was out of control. And it really just started with like, I would view source on another website, copy and paste everything into Notepad, start changing things, and then be like, this is mine yeah, now. That, that, so I have, a, I have a quick question, actually. So when you um, did that, you know, you viewed the source on the site. At that time, did you know what it is you were looking at? Um or did you, was it just experimentation? I mean, it's, and it's crazy that you weren't like, uh, I guess pushed away from it or drawn away from it because you really didn't know <clears throat> unless correct me if i'm wrong but you really didn't know what it is you were looking at and it just kind of probably looked like a whole bunch of craziness yeah no that's true i had no idea what i was looking at like i could see a word on the page and the same word in the code and just like make sense that the thing that i was seeing in the code was happening over on that part of the website but and really i don't even know what instilled this curiosity in me it just happened completely naturally and completely on its own and sort of at the same time I was dabbling a lot in IRC mm-hmm. and like IRC bots were a really popular thing back then and I would just have various internet friends who were building these 
bots and they were like written in Perl and hosted on some other server or whatever. And I mean, literally any service where I could get free web space, I was signing up and getting free web space and putting up like whatever website thing I could do. And it started off with me just copy and pasting other people's websites and changing small things, even stuff as small as just like the words on a page to figure out like what was happening. And I really kind of just reverse engineered mm -hmm. everything I knew about HTML and CSS until I had a website that wasn't stolen from somebody else. Wow. Yeah, that's, that, amazing. that's amazing, especially at that age. Uh, you're pretty driven. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I think I had my first, like, my own website probably by the time I was done with fifth grade. And then, but by then it was like, I kind of grew out of the two megabytes of AOL space and like the other free service providers weren't, you know, doing it for me anymore. Also, like I had no good practices. I was uploading like eight megabyte pictures of Hanson and being like, why am I running out of space on my website? Um, but well, that's that's bad practice for the hosting companies because don't they know how important Hanson is? Yeah, you're right. If only I had thought of that at the time, I'm probably gonna figure something <laughs> out. Um, but I was, I remember that year for Christmas, the only thing I asked for was my own domain name. It was like my dream to have my own domain name. And I remember like seeing people's URLs and being like, "How do you have this www whatever com address?" It was just like the most miraculous amazing thing to me so it became something that like i desperately wanted for myself and i remember i went to www.com because i was like this must be where people are getting these addresses from it wasn't so it was very <laughs> very confusing for me but really like i instead of like hanging out with my parents or hanging out with my friends or like having a childhood outside for the most part i was spending just every moment that I could on the computer, just trying to get as much knowledge about the internet and development as I could. And so for a long time, I was just doing HTML and CSS and stuff like that. And this sort of carried me into middle school uh, where, and it was like, I couldn't pick up JavaScript. The stuff that was like really programmy, I, I wasn't getting. So I, instead of trying to like keep branching further into web development, I sort of just started focusing like really hard on HTML and CSS and trying to know as much of that as possible. Jack, I'm just going to break it here for a second um, before we get to that like next phase. Uh, Patrick, isn't it crazy that I think it was Samira's episode, I believe in season one, it, this almost feels like an exact parallel story. I mean, I think she was obsessed um, with either her birthday yeah. or Christmas getting her domain name as well at a very young age. Like that was like the only thing she wanted was this dot com. <laughs> I think what's in Jackie um, Samira was is one of my friends. She was on the first season. She's a designer mm -hmm. who it sounds like you are her developer counterpart Honestly, in terms really of you does. both have very, oh, very awesome. similar <laughs> stories and paths growing up. Um, that's awesome. We should be friends. Yeah, right? I'll, I'll, I'll introduce sure. you guys on Twitter. She's freaking awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Um, but yeah, so why don't you tell us about like, okay, so at this point, just to gather us back up, we're about middle school, high school, right? Yeah. Um, and why was JavaScript problematic? I don't know. I, I don't think that like, I, I was never very good at math. I like the areas in school that I did well in were like reading and my art classes I was really good at. But Math and like the sciences were not really my forte, and I think that that sort of had some crossover with why it was really hard for me to start with JavaScript. And I think even still, like getting into JavaScript today, there's sort of a higher barrier to entry than there is to just like write an HTML document. Um, and back in the day, I didn't know anybody who was doing this stuff. I was a little kid. My parents didn't know computers. Like none of my friends certainly were doing this. I had nobody really to go to. It was just whatever I could find on the internet. And I think that made it really hard for me to like even know where to start for the most part. And by this time in middle school, I shamefully had started using like Microsoft front page to build my websites and Adobe Dreamweaver, or I guess it wasn't Adobe back then, but I was using Dreamweaver. And so those kinds of programs didn't really have a JavaScript component as far as I was aware. Mm -hmm. So it really was just a focus on HTML and CSS. For me, although, what? sorry, I was going to say it was always something that I wanted to figure out, but 
I just sort of pushed it aside to focus on the parts that I was actually getting better at. No, that's, I mean, everybody does that. I, um, it's something that's interesting to me. I read this somewhere a a while back and I can't seem to find the article now. So it's almost as if I'm making it up, which is fine too. (laughs) But, um, there's a definitive moment in a child's life in which they finally realize the, the, the perceived value of something. And that determines whether they continue doing it or not. So in your case, hypothetically, you realize that you were better at HTML CSS than you were at JavaScript. So that's what kept your interest in HTML and CSS versus going into JavaScript. The, um, the idea that it's challenging or something is what turns it off for some people. Yeah. Um, but I think after a while it becomes a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think a challenge would turn you off, Jackie. I mean, it's just crazy that you were looking at all this stuff at at such a young age and just wanted to figure it out. I would have, uh, I probably did just turn and run. (laughs) Um, yeah. And like I said, I really don't know like what drove me so hard. It just, it really was totally natural. And it's just something like my parents could not get me off of the computer. Jackie, at this time right now, so we're moving into, you know, we're into middle school. Uh, do you have any friends now uh, currently uh, at this stage in the story that are also kind of doing this, like messing around with this stuff? Or is this just like far beyond all of them? No, it really was just me. I mean, the extent that my other friends had interest were that they like had AOL accounts and liked to be in chat rooms, which was also something I was very passionate about. And so by this time in middle school is when like um, AOL Instant Messenger started to gain a little bit more popularity. People started to realize that the AOL browser wasn't very good. And so they actually moved back to the uh, uh, like third-party ISPs so that they could use a different browser and just use AOL Instant Messenger and it was cheap and, or free. Um, and that was when like the away message that you could customize with HTML and CSS became popular. So now I'm like making cool away messages for me and all of my friends because I'm the only one that knows how to do that stuff. And I think that that is kind of what carried me through middle school. Um, and then it, once I got to high school is sort of like the next big change because my high school, so I had decided like I love making websites. So I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be a computer programmer. I want to know how to do all this stuff. Because even though I wasn't maybe actively trying to figure out how to write JavaScript or how to write any other programming language, like I was always very curious, like what's the CGI bin? How do I use it? How do I build a web store or account, even a counter for my website? Like, I was desperately wanting to know these things, and it was just like a little bit outside my reach to start figuring out. But I had decided that being a computer programmer was what I was going to do. So when I got to high school, um, my what high did sc- hey Jackie, hold on, yeah. sorry. What did uh, did you tell your parents that that that's what you wanted to do? Yes. Which and their their thoughts? They were very into it, which will come into play once I get to college. But uh-huh. yeah, they were all for it. Um, there was like when I would get grounded like they would take my computer away from me and there was one summer that like they grounded me but their way of grounding me was that I wasn't allowed to use the computer unless I was building a game like they I was learning flash at that point so they were like you can't use your computer to chat with your friends or browse the internet but you can use your computer to program a game and by the end of this summer you better have a game completed and working so it was like those are the kind of punishments yeah. I got because my parents were, they definitely supported my endeavors. Once again, yeah, well, cool parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I just think that's wild. Uh, you figured out, there's something that a lot of the listeners, I'm sure, um, are dealing with is figuring out what they want to do with the rest of their life. Um, and you figured that out at like third grade. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it was like that even for our, all of my other friends growing up for my whole life. Like I knew when I was in middle school, what I wanted to do for the rest of my life in high school, even in college, a lot of my friends still didn't know what they wanted to do. And I was like, I don't know what that feels like because I've been on a mission since I was 10. Damn. Yeah. And luckily Bravo. for you, it, um, it, uh, <laughs> it's only propelled itself. My, um, my brother used to say like, uh, eventually down the line, the, the defining moment, and this is super exaggerated is going to be whether you want computers to tell you what to do, or <laughs> you're going to tell computers what to do. Um, and I didn't really, I mean, I've always thought he was right in that, but it sounds like you sort of had this inkling, not necessarily because of that, uh, for a while and nobody really hindered that. Yeah, I, I would say that's definitely true. And then 
once I got to high school, they, there was actually a computer science class that was offered. So I jumped on that as soon as I could. There was some like weird rule that you couldn't take it until 10th grade. So I had to like bide a year of my time, just like desperately waiting and crawling towards this amazing special class that I would be allowed to take once I was old enough. I don't know. (laughs) So that was when I finally got into like programming, programming and like learning all of the concepts and things that you don't learn in HTML and CSS and all of the things that would like carry over into JavaScript or if I wanted to write software applications like this was the class and it was there were nine people in the class it was actually it was taught by a woman but there were eight dudes and me as the students (laughs) that's interesting and um those eight guys were actually only there because they wanted to play video games all day. So (laughs) I was was the only person that was actually like trying to do anything in class, but I loved it. I loved that class so much. I was so dedicated. I, like I said, was the only one. I was definitely a teacher's pet because like, I mean, I was a girl in a computer science class, but I was also the only one that was like totally devoted and always trying. Yeah. Yeah. And not making her life miserable by like secretly trying to play quake behind her back and like being horribly obvious and rude about it. Yeah. Like the model student. That's nuts. (laughs) I really, um, for that class, I think I was. How, how'd that go learning programming? And I asked because it sounds like you not necessarily avoided it, but you had something better you wanted to do or something you liked more. Um, and then when it actually got in front of you. Yeah. I mean, this was what I had wanted to do all this time, but having the tools like if I wanted so we were learning C++ I think at the time if I had wanted to learn C++ at home on my own time like I wouldn't have even known where to start but having like going to school and being in a classroom where the computers had the environment to program in C++ and a teacher that could teach me like how to print stuff to screen how to use built-in functions and standard out and stuff like that. There, It was what I always wanted to do and just never had the resources to do. So I loved it. And it was hard and it was challenging, but I remember one of the first things that we did in that class was build a tic-tac-toe game. And I remember just agonizing over it. It was so hard, possibly like one of the hardest things I've ever had to program to this day. And thinking, like, after hours and hours and hours of just doing it wrong, like, this isn't for me, I can't do it, and then just, like, pushing through and getting it. And seriously, that aha moment where you're like, oh, my God, I get it, and it works, and it's fucking awesome, and I'm definitely going to do this for the entire rest of my life because I am so elated right now. I'm so happy. I love this feeling so much. And, like, that tic-tac-toe game that I programmed, like, if I wasn't sure before, that moment cemented it that for sure I wanted to do programming and that I wanted to learn more. I wanted to keep doing it. Like when I finally got it working, it totally blew my mind and just how happy and satisfied I felt and how good it felt to have like solved this hard problem was amazing. And I wanted to do that forever. I wanted to always be able to feel that way. Um, Here's a question for you. And I sort of want to, I'm, I'm sort of putting you into a position. It's not a bad position. Not about you. I just want to, it's a hypothesis that I read and I want to confirm it. When sure. you, when you were having these like moments where you were putting a lot of effort, but maybe not getting a lot out, or at least it felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it feel like, uh, while you're doing it, let's say you're trying, you, maybe you didn't understand the concept or like maybe the feedback the teacher gave you didn't work out. Mm-hmm. What were you, what were you feeling? I mean, obviously I know you probably don't remember exactly. Because uh, it was a while ago, but I'm just curious. Well, I'm pretty sure I was feeling pretty bad because, <laughs> like I said, I had been just doing HTML and CSS this whole time, and I knew that this would be another level challenge. So I sort of went in like, you know, I don't really know what to expect. I know that I've had trouble trying to do it on my own. Maybe I'll get it and maybe I won't. So it was like every time I wasn't getting it, there was always that doubt you know, oh, look, I was right. I'm not getting it. This isn't for me. I should just stick with the easy, quote unquote, easy stuff. And it was like super discouraging, but 
something, I guess the same crazy thing that made me dig into the HTML and CSS and all of those Hanson websites just pushed me forward and like made me keep doing it. I mean, even in the hard, really hard, discouraging times, there was always at least a little glimmer of enjoying it. And that was just enough to give me the drive to keep going. Interesting. Okay. So let me, uh, let me fill you in on my, the hypothesis that I read. Um, it basically presented a story in which a, um, a professor, I believe he was a professor or just a professional researcher. I don't know what you would, where he worked or what field, but mm-hmm. he uh, would observe classes in um, various Asian cultures and compare them to the ones here in the U.S. And what he found out was that in the U.S., let's say in a math class, or rather, I'll give you the exact example he gave. He said, you know, he, he, is, he observed a classroom in, I forget where, but in an Asian culture. Um, and they were drawing 3d cubes. The teacher saw that one particular student was struggling and the teacher asked that student to go up on the board. Um, the student went up to the board, drew the cube. He, then the teacher asked the class, Hey, is this correct? They said, no. He said, okay, do it again. And he kept doing it. Um, and that, that scene is usually painted in a different light in the U S it's usually the best kid that goes up to the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they, what the observer noticed is the difference between the cultures is that they explain and illustrate how struggle is a part of the learning process. It's not the fact that you mm-hmm. are, that you don't understand it or that you don't get it. It's actually something that should be happening in order to learn and understand a new concept. Whereas it sounds like in the U S in some instances, um, if you don't understand it, that means that you're maybe not as intelligent or you're a little slower than other people, which doesn't really help their learning process. Yeah, totally. That's wild. I mean, I can definitely say if I wasn't understanding something and was asked to go up to the board and demonstrate it, I would have died. I was very shy and like, I mean, that was the culture, right? The best kid always did go up to the board. And even still, if I thought I had it right, I would have been mortified no matter what was happening. So, I mean, there was definitely like, you know, a not a struggle and a not understanding and a not have or a having to try and try and try. But at the same time, I was also like, I always had a problem asking for help. I felt like if I was asking for help on something, it was like admitting that I couldn't do it on my own. So I was very stubborn. And I just always tried as hard as humanly possible to just figure it out myself, which is probably like maybe yeah. that made it a little bit harder than it had to be but i mean it worked out i guess yeah i think that's you know um i i've been a practicing front end developer for maybe about full time for about uh coming up to like 8 months to a year i was doing advertising before that i've talked about mm-hmm. this before but jack i'm just giving you some context and um i feel that struggle all the time um not not that i'm like super beginner don't get me wrong. I like, yep. you know, I, I think I do okay, you know. But the struggle is an interesting thing because it's it's definitely an internal battle. I'm sure you probably um, have that struggle or maybe facilitate people getting past totally. that struggle in your current <laughs> position, but probably with more complex things. Um, but I, I've realized that the biggest key is being comfortable with not knowing. Yeah, totally. I definitely agree with that. Um, so then why don't we... Why don't we fast forward a little bit into uh, maybe college or where you went to college? You know, if you, you know, I know some, I have friends who have done, who have been programming since they were 15, yeah, but totally. went to college for something completely different. Um, um, what was so your So by the time like? I had graduated from high school, I had one AP computer science class under my belt. And I had kind of decided that I definitely wanted to go for computer science, but I had really struggled in that AP computer science class. And I also sort of wanted to like get into graphic design. It wasn't really something that I had ever been good at, but I really liked making websites. Um, So I I went to the University of Central Florida, which is in Orlando, Mm -hmm. and um, I had only looked at a couple other Florida schools and I just I like that one the best. No, like, particular curriculum reason. I just kind of liked their campus the best, and it was, like, just the right distance away from my parents that I felt good about it. Um, what uh, um, what other schools at did you look at? The University of Florida, which I 
had no chance of getting into, so it didn't matter. Uh, Florida, or yeah, Florida State University, and sort of, kind of like absolute last resort FAU, but that was only because it was in my mm-hmm. hometown. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I went to USF myself. Oh, nice. And I sort of went through the same thinking process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I still remember on the day of like orientation when all of the students are there with their parents and you're getting the campus tour and hearing about like what life is going to be like and they give you this giant billion page catalog of all of the majors that you can choose from and I remember sitting in the cafeteria at UCF with my parents and saying I like I don't think that I can do computer science I think it's too hard I'm not good at math I didn't do as well in the computer science classes in high school as I wanted to. I think I just, I just want to go for graphic design. There's a major for it. Just let me do this. And they were like, absolutely not. You're definitely doing computer science. You can minor in graphic design if you want, but you don't have a choice. You're doing computer science. I was like, I really don't think I can do it. I don't want to do it. Don't make me do it. And they were like, more or less, Mm -hmm. we're paying for you to go here. So (laughs) you're doing it. And it was just like, kind of a nightmare. I was crying. They were pissed at me. It was just, it kind of sucked, but at the same time they like were paying for me and I did kind of like computer science still. And I knew that graphic design, I mean, part of it also was that like I knew computer science would be a safer bet for my future as far as like making money goes than graphic design, especially because I didn't have any graphic design chops at all at that point. But so long story short, like I went into computer science. Um, It was sort of a nightmare for like a long time. It wasn't what I was expecting it to be. It was all math and logic and computer theory and just like almost no programming at all. So I, I pretty much hated it. And like after two years, um, they at UCF, they have what they call the foundations exam. And in order to take your higher level computer science classes, you have to pass this foundation exam. The foundation exam is actually what it sounds like. It's like a test of computer science basics. And it has something like wow. a 75% failure rate. And this is where... Fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Um, this is where a lot of people would switch to IT. IT was like the major that people who couldn't do computer science went into. Um, but... So, like, I took it. I failed it the first time. I called my parents crying, saying, you have to let me change my major. It's only going to add one year to my time at school. I can't do it. I can't do it. Let me change it. I'm like, <laughs> no. Sh- shut up. Just do it. Uh, so, like, I took the exam again, and I passed it. And I was like, okay, maybe there is something to this. Um, I guess I'll just stick with it. So I stuck with it. I still kind of hated it because then it was just, like, harder math and harder logic and theory. But by this point, I had discovered um, UCF was offering a minor in what they call digital media. And what it basically was, was web design and development. They called it digital media, but it was web design and development. And it was fucking awesome. Like every single class was like JavaScript, Flash, HTML, CSS, graphic design. It was like all of the things that I wanted to do. And I could use some of my computer science credits to apply to it. So it wasn't like I was adding an insane amount of time to my duration at school and minoring in that like really renewed a sense of like clarity in what I wanted to do because I loved all of the classes I was taking. And I think because I had so much of the computer science foundation by then, it all felt like it came so easily to me. Like I was the one that was helping my peers in class understand what this JavaScript for loop was. And I remember one day, not that far into class, my teacher was like, why are you so good at JavaScript already? (laughs) Um, And it was awesome. And like, I really loved it. And that was, um, I got like my first internships through school, through the computer science. Um, They called it experiential learning program. Um, My first one, I was, it was like, um, a cable company, sort of like Monster Cables, but a competitor. And they were this company, like, kind of far away in this, like, really boring industrial park. And I show up on my first day, and the guy's like, okay, uh, you're going to write all of the PHP for our internal backend system. And I was like, 
I don't know PHP. And he was like, oh, okay, well, here, this is, and he like grabbed a pen and paper and he was like, okay, well, this is how you echo something out. And he like wrote the syntax when he even wrote it wrong. And he was like, so this should be like enough to get you started. And me, again, like not wanting to admit that I need help with something yeah. was like, okay, great, got it, thanks. And <laughs> like, I just went back to my computer and Google was my absolute best friend. And I just kind of the same thing I guess I had been doing my whole life previous to this, just sort of figured it out. And like that really instilled my love of PHP. And my next internship was um, sort of similar. It was doing Java, but also a lot of JavaScript. And I mean, by the time I left college, I knew for sure without a doubt that web development was where my heart and passion lied. How were you uh, in the web design world? Terrible. I'm not a designer. Um, I like <laughs> to say fair. that like, I have an eye for design and I can appreciate it, but yeah. I cannot do it myself. Not bad. How does that fare for you now? And this is sort of a tangent because, you know, I still want to go through the progression of sort of how you got to where you are now. But knowing that you are more development than design, how does that fare for you being technically having the role of a front end developer? Well, I actually think that it works out really well for me, um, like especially in where I work now at Behance, we have a team of designers that are dedicated designers. They don't really do development and they're the ones that like sweat the pixels and the design. But because I have like a really good attention to detail and an eye for design, like I understand, you know, spacing and font sizes and like what makes something look good and look, be consistent and cohesive and all that stuff. So even though I can't sit down and design something from scratch, I think I still have the visual skills needed to know and like to see all of those important details and be able to retain them. Gotcha. No, that makes total sense. Okay. So now we're, in, we're at UCF. Um, second internship, you said you're doing Java, JavaScript. Mm -hmm. What, uh, where did you go after that? So uh, that internship was the one I had as I was graduating, and I was sort of hoping that they would give me an offer for a full-time job after I graduated, and like that would be my job after college. I would stay in Orlando and then just keep doing what I was doing. And the closer and closer I got to graduation, and I wasn't getting an offer from them, and I kept like going to my boss and being like, you know, I really want to work here after I graduate. Like, I would let's talk about it. I would really love to stay here. And he would just be mm -hmm. like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then like, I, nothing ever came. So I was sort of starting to get a little bit nervous as I got to the end of graduation. But also at the same time, um, I had been dating this guy uh, for probably about a year and he grew up on Long Island and his family had moved to Florida in high school, which actually is where we met in high school in the web design class that we were taking at the yeah. time, which is fucking adorable. Um, so <laughs> we, we started dating in college and, you know, I, he was done with school already. I was about to be done. The world was going to be our oyster. And he was like, you know, why? Like, I love Long Island. I love growing up there. He was always talking about it. He loved New York City. And he was like, you know, let's do something wild. Like, let's move to the city. It would be such a dream. It would be such an adventure. And I had never been to New York City before, but I was wow. just like, yeah, okay, let's look online and see what's available. Uh, so I pulled up Craigslist and I'm like looking at jobs. I didn't know where else to go for jobs. Uh, so I was looking on Craigslist in New York City and everything was like way out of my experience range. And I was like, okay, New York City is the dream, but maybe we can like use Long Island as a stepping stone. You grew up there. You really loved it. It could be cool. So I'm looking on Craigslist and I found a listing for um, a tiny agency out in the middle of Long Island in Hopog. And I sent them an email. I was like, hey, I really want to move to Long Island. I'm about to graduate. I want to do all of these things in your job listing, which was, it was a full stack development position. Hmm. Um, like, hire me. And they wrote back and they were like, you're resume as much or as little as there is looks really awesome pick a date we'll fly you up we'll interview you we'll see how it goes and then we'll let you know and it really just kind of everything happened 
perfectly. It was like living a dream. They flew me out. I met with them. They were all very awesome. Um, I worked out of their office for two days as kind of like an extended interview process so they could see cool. that I actually knew what I was doing, which I didn't, but I faked it really well. Um, <laughs> and then at the end of the two days, they were like, we thought you did awesome. You know, we really like you. There were only three of them. I was about to be their fourth employee. They were like, you seem really cool. We all get along. You did a great job these last two days. So we'd like to make you an offer. And then a couple of days later, I got an offer. I said, yes, we literally the day after I walked across the stage for my graduation ceremony, uh, my boyfriend, Brian, and I put all of our worldly possessions into a tiny U-Haul trailer, attached it to the back of his Honda Civic and drove up the coast from Florida oh, to New York what a to visual. start yeah, our new life that's on really Long Island. Yeah. That's nuts. What's uh what's the agency if you don't mind us asking? Um it was called Fly Digital, but um the next chapter of my saga actually is when they a year after I started, they were acquired by a different company, which is actually when okay. I left. Gotcha. Okay, so well now you did the two thousand yep, mile drive, it. or however yeah. long it is. I've done that. I've done that drive done it from Lauderdale, Florida, oh, to New Jersey, straight through, back and forth. It was it was a very long drive, but it felt kind of magical at the end because I realized when I was thinking about it, the weather was absolutely perfect the entire time. It didn't rain. We didn't hit any traffic. It was like the universe was saying, "Yes, come to New York. Let me it was like, like a fairy the tale. sea for you." It was. Awesome. Tell me, That's tell awesome. me, you jammed Hanson yeah, on the drive at least once. Ah, I should have. That would have like really, really <laughs> sealed the deal. <laughs> okay, so now you're in New York, Long Island, and now you're at Fly Digital. Yeah, how'd that go? Um, it was very awesome. I loved it. I was absolutely in over my head. I was doing a lot of PHP development, um, which, like I said, I very much embellished how much PHP I knew during the interview, but hey, they saw my code, they seemed to like it, so I didn't feel too bad about it. Um, so, like, again, I spent all of my time on Google. At this time, Stack Overflow was starting to, like, really pick up speed, so I was using that a lot. Um, I was doing a lot of my SQL stuff, which I had just started to learn, like, at the end of my college career. I had, like, one class at school about it. Um, and then I was doing... A little bit of JavaScript just because of the nature of our work. Um, I was learning jQuery and stuff, and then I was doing CSS. And because I was doing full stack stuff for so long, as time went on, I realized that of all four of those things, CSS was the thing that I was loving the most. Like the days yeah. when I would go in and like have my task for the day was to just like write the CSS for a page to take a PSD mockup and turn it into a website that looked like something like that was the best feeling for me. That was the thing that I loved the most. And so like I took that to kind of figure out where I wanted to go from there. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it goes back to, I think to the tic-tac-toe game too. It's like you're uh, the, the, the feeling of accomplishment, you know, taking something that looks rather ugly uh, and kind of just very structured and then applying um, your expertise to it to make it, make it look how it's supposed to look. Yeah, totally. And I, at that time, like I was saying, writing CSS, like actually makes me feel so happy. It's just, I feel very at peace when I'm doing it, even when it's challenging and hard. And just like being able to take a, a static PSD and turn it into a working mm -hmm. website felt amazing. That's really cool. What, um, can you talk about like, uh, so rather let me rephrase this. You are now, where are we at? We're at Fly, yeah, Fly Digital. You're a full yep. stack developer. Um, yep. What's your, like your biggest first project that you did there? Like the one that, I don't, I, I don't know how to phrase it. I guess more so big project in terms of what you saw as big. Maybe not the agency's oh, yeah. biggest opportunity. Totally. Definitely. Um, so one of the first things that I did working there was um, they had a job board. It was kind of like authentic jobs or whatever. It was just a board where you could post like job positions for your company. And I 
I didn't do the design for it, but I did basically all of the development for it. I like wrote the PHP backend. I got to create the database schema. And actually this website was what I had done on that two day interview that I had. They were like, okay, we want to build a job board, like do as much as you can in two days and we'll see where you're at. And so when I actually started there full time, they were like, okay, this is a real product that we want to build. So you can take what you did cool. in those two days and get, get going, make a website. Um, so that really was my baby for like the whole year that I was there. Like I got to build it from scratch. I was the one that implemented new features on it. And it, like, I was the developer for that. So I love that. And um, it ended up being an especially critical part of my story because so at the time um, we were a pretty small shop maybe we had some like kind of janky things that we did and one of the things for our test environment it actually used real production data and so um i was working on the job board and part of the job board it means that like i see all of the job listings open and by this time i had been there for a year i knew that like the css was my favorite part and i'm working on it and i see a job listing at Behance in New York City for a front-end engineer. Oh, wow. And um, by this time, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Like by this time, my boyfriend had been working in the city for a couple weeks. We knew from the start that we wanted to move to New York City eventually. And it was just like sort of getting to that point where I was like, okay, like I know that I want to focus on CSS. You know, he's already working in the city and commuting every day. I think it might be time to find something out there. Um, and so like there it was right in front of me on this website that I had built all by myself, a job listing for a front end development position at Behance. And at the time, like I knew what Behance was and I thought it was really cool. I've always appreciated design. So it was, some, it was a website that was on my radar. They had a bunch of other websites that I really enjoyed. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna apply to this and we're just gonna see what happens. And much like the fairy tale of getting the job at Fly Digital out of college, getting the job at Behance was just like everything fell perfectly into place. Jackie, do you believe in fate? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I never really thought about it, really. Because <laughs> that's just, yeah, how it all falls into place. Um, I don't know. Seems like it's yeah, fate. I mean, it's cool. I have always felt so fortunate in all of these things throughout my life. I mean, I, I do think that like I worked really hard and you know, it wasn't, none of the stuff was just handed to me, but it, there is something that does feel very magical about how easily the things that I worked hard for came. Mm -hmm. If that makes it sense. Does. It's uh, I think somebody once said it's either like luck and like preparation or like luck and opportunity. Luck. It was something, it's something like that. Well, my my mom says, yeah, it's uh, luck helps those that help themselves. So it's it's there's no dumb luck. I mean, you you worked really hard yeah. and you got lucky. I mean, you get lucky. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. No, that's good. Your your mom is a smart woman, Nick. Oh, she <laughs> is. Um, okay, so you were at at this point. Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to make an assumption and say that you applied to be Hans. Yes. Um, how'd that go? Because you did say that you were only at Fly Digital. Correct me if I'm wrong. For about a year. Yeah, so it was sort of crazy timing. I had applied for this job at Behance and I had gone out for the interview and I felt like it had gone pretty well. And then, oh, it was like between when I applied for the job and when I actually interviewed there, I found out that Fly Digital was being acquired by another company. And um, it was sort of seeming like the company that was acquiring them was going to have fly digital focus on the areas of web development that I didn't really love. Like we had some Facebook apps and I didn't really love doing that stuff. And I knew that I wanted to focus really more on CSS and less on backend stuff. So after the interview at Behance went really well, like the guys at fly digital, um, were like, okay, this acquisition is pretty real here. Like they pulled me aside into a private meeting and were like, this is what your new salary is going to be. This is the insane bonus that we're going to give you. And I was like, uh, I guess this is a good time to tell you guys that I just accepted a position at another company. <laughs> Surprise. 
Yeah, and it was a little bit scary for me because I didn't know. I mean, they were only a four-person company, so having 25% of the company leave, like I was scared yeah. that maybe that would affect the deal or like in some way hurt them. But at the same time, like I knew that I also had to do what was best for me. Yeah. Um, but it ended up working out fine. Like, I don't know. I really loved the guys that I was working with there and we got along well. And I think that they really loved me. And there was definitely a, sort of like a don't leave. Like, wh what do you want? We'll give you a bigger bonus. Like, do you want to work remotely from New York City? And what can mm -hmm. we do? But I was really like, well, Behance is kind of a big deal. So I think I'm just going to go work there now. And um, it, it ended very amicably and everything was fine. And I like the experience that I got at Fly Digital was so invaluable. Like I would never trade that for the world or anything. And I still kind of keep in touch with them, those guys every once in a while. But like I wanted to be in the city. I felt like it was going to be an amazing opportunity to get to focus on front end development at a company whose website like I already loved. And so I took it. And once again, Brian and I threw all of our worldly possessions into a U-Haul, tacked it on the back of his tiny Honda Civic and drove into the city. And that was three and a half years ago. And we're still wow. here. What does Brian do? Uh, so Brian is also a web developer. Although when we started dating, he really was just focusing on design. He went to school for graphic design in Miami. Um, and he actually told me that like he always like wanted to do web development. Um, actually, I guess this is kind of a part that I skipped over before back in like the high school days, but we had that web design class together and that was where we met and we became friends. And in web design class, we were actually doing web development more than we were doing web design. But um, like he was really into video games and we sort of bonded over that. And we would actually, he was always making H simple HTML websites for his video game clans. And I knew a little bit more about it than he did. So like he would ask me to build a form where you could like submit an email on his video game clan website. And like we used to do stuff like that together. But whereas he sort of diverged in the way of focusing on graphic design and I went the way of focusing on web development. Um, but once we started dating and like we had been living together for a little while, I was just programming in my spare time all the time. I was always doing web development and he started to pick it up a little bit and he was dabbling in JavaScript and I was helping him with that. And over time, he just, he loved it and he just kept learning and learning. And now he, he still does web design, but he's definitely like mostly web development now. That's crazy. That's cool though. So you guys are basically, well, I don't know. Um, you guys started dating um, in high school? Uh, no, we didn't start dating until college, until my junior year. Gotcha. Okay, so you guys just kept in touch and good. So it's like a, a friend version of the Corey and Topanga, or yeah, Corey and Topanga story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, okay, so then, all right, so now you're at Behance. Now, yes. you'd mentioned it's currently, correct me if I'm wrong, a relatively small team that you are part of. Um, I'm wondering, what... Uh, what are some hurdles that you guys have faced, whether when you first got there, maybe you were the only one, I'm not sure, or maybe some hurdles that you guys have had now? How'd you get over them? How'd you pass them? Well, um, I mean, I've been there for almost four years and our team, when I joined, there were 15 people in the company. I was the fifth developer um, and now we are just about 60 people. We have almost like 30 people on our dev team and just, I mean, in four years with that kind of growth, you deal with a lot of shit. Um, and I don't necessarily mean bad shit, but just like all of the things that come along yeah. with scaling your website and scaling your team and all of that stuff. So, I mean, we've definitely had our fair share of hurdles. And one of the things that I have actually found really interesting, and maybe this isn't exactly the kind of answer that you were looking for, but I have been very surprised by the people aspect of the whole thing. So for me, it hasn't really been like, how do I scale my code to this insanely huge website that is the hardest thing? It's how do I grow a team of developers from five to 30 and make sure that everyone still loves what they do and loves each other and is happy and is satisfied and like loves coming to work every day as much as we did when there were only five of us. Oh, that's good. Do you, uh, do you think you've done that or are in the, you know? in that direction? 
I would say so. I mean, when there were, when, when I first started, it was still tiny startup, still bootstrapped. It was like working crazy hours and it was very hard. Like we were over extending ourselves both like physically and mentally and in what we were capable of, which was also awesome because it meant that everybody was learning stuff so fast. But our team was so small, it was so easy to be close knit. And I loved the guys that I was working with. I loved the whole team. I mean, it was, I would never trade it for anything. And I think that because we've been so careful about our team as we've grown, like we try to make sure that we really hire the best people that are going to like, that want to do what we want to do and have as much passion for the product as everyone else. It's been such a careful process that where we're at now is awesome and that everyone still seems very happy. They love what they do. They love each other. And although the team is so much bigger now, it's like, in a way, it still feels just as awesome as it always has. Oh, it's great. It's good. I, you know, I think a hurdle can be anything. And especially for someone that's in a position to help build, you probably don't. I mean, I could be wrong. You might not code as much as you have in the past, but you're still trying to solve um, equally as valuable problems. So that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, here, so I think we're hitting towards the end um, of our time and of some of the questions that we've had planned. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the, the reflection part, if you haven't already reflected throughout this whole thing. Um, <laughs> if you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Like my, my past self? Yeah, your younger self. I don't know. It's... I've definitely had this question before and it's almost hard to answer because it's like, I feel so happy with where I'm at now and with all of the paths that I took along the way that led me here, that it's hard to like give myself any advice, like do this differently because where I'm at is just so awesome. But I guess probably the one thing I would say is like, don't be such a brat to your parents. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all have those moments. Now, is there uh, <laughs> any other advice you'd give to newcomers in the industry? Yeah. I mean, my advice would be definitely derived from what I feel like worked for me. And for that, the biggest thing is to love what you do and what you work on. Because anybody can teach you how to code, but nobody can teach you how to love something. And truly loving something and having a passion for it will always triumph whenever you're feeling down about how good you are at something or you're not sure you can do it it's that love that gets you through that gave me tingles that That was great absolutely (laughs) yeah the passion for sure um it's i don't know yeah you know not to drag us on but that that sort of strikes a chord with me you know um because i do i do love what i do now i love i'm like you i love writing css also because I learned yeah, shit. Yeah, and there's no better feeling, Yeah, right? it's good, and you learn shit every day. Mm-hmm. There's new stuff coming out all the time. Um, yeah. Okay, to wrap it up, we have one last question, which is the secret fun time okay. question. Yes, the secret fun time question. Um, so, Nick, you taking this one? I'll take it from here. Okay. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Jackie, uh, I, we have like kind of a, a little bit of a list of these questions, and some of them are off the mm-hmm. wall. Some of them are... Um, Kind of normal, actually. But one of them I was reading, and it's we originally had wrote, what do you think about when you're alone in your car? But I read it as, for some reason, what do you think about when you're alone with your cat? Um, <laughs> and then I went to your site, and I realized you have a great cat named Ned. So yep. we're going to stick with that one. What do, what do you think when you're alone with Ned, chilling? I often think, oh, my God, shut up. Your meow is so loud. Stop shedding on everything. Why do you smell so bad? Nice. And to be clear, I said shed. I realized it might have sounded like I said, it's why you keep shitting on things. It's not what you, I you, Thank shedding. God. You have a, there's a Tumblr that Ned lays on things, right? Yes. Can I, uh, can I list that in the show notes? Yeah, totally. Damn, it was well, a better. funny thing that I started like years ago. I mean, Ned is such a funny, weird little freak of a cat, and he has all sorts of funny quirks, but that was something that I just started, like, taking a picture of because I thought it was funny and then decided to make a Tumblr out of it, and it's just been this weird, funny, ongoing thing. And every time I look at it, I laugh. I just, like, it never gets old for me. Ned seems, he's just like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Just, like, chilling, hanging out. Yeah. He's kind of a dummy. 
Which is why I love him. Uh, he's like a smelly, sheddy, annoying cat, but he's mine. Yeah. I love him. No, that's cool. All right. Um, it's funny. We just hit one hour on the dot. 60 minutes. Um, Flew by. Told you my story no, was No, that's good. That's exactly what we want. That was a wonderful story. Um, <laughs> really great, Jackie. Yeah, yeah, Jackie, thank, thank you. you so much for joining us. Um, where? My pleasure. This is your plug time. Um, where are you on Twitter? Where are you going to be speaking next? Anything you want to plug? Um, well, everyone should definitely check out Behance because it is my biggest labor of love with so many people that I work with that I also love so much. But you can check out my website at JackieBalzer.com. There's nothing too much interesting there, but I'm always tweeting about Ned and CSS on Twitter at Jackie Backwards, which is also my Instagram name if you especially like pictures of alcohol, <laughs> food, and cats. Okay. Cool. Um, well, yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. See ya. See ya.